This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Camelot. It's only a model. All right. It's exciting. I don't believe this pair has ever been joined before. Yeah, I don't think so. All right. Uh, Jeremy Green, ESPN Draft Nerd, ESPN Asheville, our affiliate up on uh, top of the very big mountains here in North Carolina. He joins us, and my man, Brendan Wooded, uh, at HU Cosell from Bison Express and uh, and other important endeavors. He joins us as well. We've got Brendan, we've got Jeremy, and we've got stuff to talk about uh, all right, we're going to start. I, I want to start with Caitlin Clark because I do think it's a big deal. So, uh, Jeremy, I'll start with you up there on the mountains in the rarefied air. Uh, what, did, what did you make of Caitlin Clark and the scene last night and the people watching uh, and everything that it might mean? Well, it's, it's great for the sport. It got me to watch the sport. I coach the sport. Uh, years and years ago. I don't watch nearly as much basketball now as I used to. Right. If for nothing else, because I absolutely detest the NCAA. Um, <laughs> I, I would also be remiss if I didn't point out, I wonder if Texas paid like a million of Boo Corrigan's uh, that new contracts for keeping out Florida State. Wow. But that's the Florida State fan in me, so I couldn't help but say that. I think it's great. Look, we did a, we did a Super Bowl party uh, up here in Asheville on Sunday. And before the game started, they weren't watching the pregame. They were watching Caitlin Clark in Nebraska. And I'm not going to say it caught me off guard. I was just, I was really locked into how many people were locked in. Right. And I don't feel like Sabrina Ionescu had that. I don't feel like Kelsey Plum had that. I don't know what's different this time. I don't think it's just the record. That certainly helped. But, I mean, what it can do for the sport is fantastic. I had a lot of girls that played for me that, that, I hope they're watching this. I, I still talk to a few of them, and I hope they're watching this and, and really see that, that women's basketball is, is getting into the national landscape, and I think that's a positive. Before I uh, bring in Brendan Whitted on this, um, I would point out that uh, the 44th president of the United States, Barack Obama, last night tweeted out a congratulatory message to Caitlin Clark for being the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball history, and that is actually factually incorrect because she is right now third in women's basketball history, first in NCAA history. Lynette Woodard of Kansas, uh, This was she played, uh, I think, if not all, most of her career before the NCAA actually recognized women's basketball. So she'll catch her in a couple of games. Uh, 36-49, and Pearl Moore from Francis Marion played her entire career before NCAA-recognized women's basketball. She ain't going to pass her. 4,061 points, I think it was. Uh, but, yeah, she's not going to get her unless she comes back for another year. Uh, Brendan, thoughts on Caitlin Clark? Yeah, I think that's part of like what you were just mentioning. I didn't know who Lyn- uh, Lynette Woodard was. Like, I just didn't. She was um, just actually I, in, in, uh, inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame not that long ago, I was, believe. Yeah. And, and like, and I was, I went to my, went to my, my computer when I started getting more on my timeline because, you know, it is Black History Month. Yeah. And so people started wanting to recognize her. 
And I was just like, I didn't know anything about her. I never heard her name before. It's not like I was a huge women's college basketball fan. I'm not going to pretend like I was. Um, but that was uh, surprising. And I think that's part of the great stuff. Like, you start having these competitions. You're starting to have those, those fun, hey, who's the top five women's college basketball player of all time? You know, it's, it's, it's you know, kind of Jordan, uh, LeBron, and, and like getting into <laughs> those very dumb sports conversations that I absolutely love to have. Right. And and she's, man, she she's amazing. Just I was a little late getting in front of the TV last night. I was like, okay, well, I know she needs eight points. Solid chance he does it sometime in the first quarter, but I was a little late. She already had twenty one by the time I sat down. Like, <laughs> she scored the front. She scored the first eight of the game. <laughs> like, like she, well, well, I think she was, it was like two thirty-two had gone off the clock. Yeah. And she had already done it. Like, <laughs> and, and it's the way that she's doing it too, right? Like, it's it's it, the only thing that I can kind of liken it to was when Steph was at Davidson, uh, and and I know that comparison has been made a thousand times, but it's hard not to look at her game and the way that she's able to make shots deep off the dribble, um, catch and shoot. Like that's she's just a great shooter, but she's also a phenomenal passer. I had not given her enough credit. I sat down yeah, and yeah. really watched. And I was like, man, you're, he, she's making the transition pass ahead of the uh, ahead of the play, hitting hitting these ladies in stride. The pick and roll, uh, the way that she's able to manipulate that, get those pocket passes off. Like she's a great, legitimately great player. And it's been nice that so much has been made about her game. Didn't love some of the weird Cheryl Swoop stuff that didn't come from her, but like there was some <laughs> of that kind of kind of circling around. But these are like. She's engendering so much conversation, genuine conversation about the game of women's basketball, not, not having nothing to do with men's basketball, just how much fun she's been to watch. And that's, that's refreshing. Yeah, the, I'm glad you mentioned the fact that she's not just a shooter. Um, last night, she has shot a pretty high percentage. She's a 40% uh, shooter from three-point range this year, just a shade under it and under a 40% shooter from three in her career at Iowa. So it's not like she's shooting 48 49%. She's not in the Curry area. Uh, but, I mean, she is an incredible passer. She had 11 assists last night, averages about eight and a half assists a game. So, it's you know, she shoots a lot, but she's also dishing off a lot of assists. So this is what I kept, I because Victoria had asked me about it before. And sometimes you have to remember where we are in our in our timeline of women's sports as an attraction, and you still get the people who say, "Well, you know, the the NBA props up the WNBA," and like, yeah, I mean, okay, uh, it's not necessarily at this point a standalone huge money maker, which is why the women don't make a ton of money. The WNBA salaries are not. There's a reason why almost all of the women were supplementing their income. By playing overseas, right? Why well, Brittany? Also the CBA, right? They get they they get a far less. I think it's about twenty five percent. The players' association splits with the ownership, and that those are some, there are some structural issues that need to change in the WNBA. You know, they talk about expanding. You know, having more uh, teams, but they also need to expand rosters. Some right. first round picks aren't getting signed. Like there are some structural things that still need to go on, and that's just showing how how much in the, to your point, how much in the infancy we are. In this whole thing, it's, it's totally new. But I, what happened a couple of years ago with uh, the women's European Championship in soccer, where they they did not anticipate it being a big deal, and the the way it was received and viewed and consumed was far beyond they they could ever imagine. I think it triggered in a lot of people 
this notion that, wait a second, maybe women's sports are popular, more popular than we think. And I believe that we're seeing this, and I'm not saying it's just because of Caitlin Clark, but she made she might have come on at the right time to help the you know women's basketball take another leap forward. Like she's not the greatest women's player we've ever seen. Like I don't even know where she would fit on that list, to be honest. But there's she might be the right person at the right time. Uh, to, yeah. to kind of push all this forward. Let me move on to something else. We don't have, like, not like we have 30 minutes here uh, to do this. So, uh, Jeremy, explain why Steve Wilkes can't keep a job despite being great at his job and Cliff Kingsbury keeps getting jobs when he is clearly not good at his. Um, it's easier to explain the Steve Wilkes side of that than it is the the Cliff Kingsbury side. Cliff Kingsbury, to me, is like Sasquatch. People keep telling me that they've seen the greatness. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've seen some fuzzy video that looks like maybe it was competent a couple of times, <laughs> and yet every team in this cycle wanted to hire him. I'm just not really sure I understand why. The thing in San Francisco with Steve Wilkes is he wasn't great at his job. It got better, and he's been great. At times, I thought that was the weirdest hire I think I've ever seen. When D'Amico Ryans took the the Texans job, they bring in Steve Wilkes, and and I'm pretty familiar with this because I have a former 49ers head coach as our head coach with my beloved tortured New York Jets. (laughs) And I look at the Steve Wilkes thing. I was obviously here around the Panthers when Steve was here, and the only thing I kept saying was this is a completely different defense than what they're used to. I've heard things behind closed doors that maybe Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes didn't love each other. Yeah. And he became a really convenient fall guy because the offense is Kyle's thing. Kyle can't take the, it's my fault. It had to be somebody else's fault. Do I think that's fair? No. Am I surprised by it? Also, no. I, I think he wants somebody that falls into that line of we drafted for we have eight defensive linemen. We're going to rotate them. Nobody plays more than 60% of the snaps. And Steve Wilkes has been in this league so long that he went, my way works too. I've, I could go on for 45 minutes about Kyle Shanahan because, to me, he's kind of a Sasquatch too. Of Every time I want to believe in you, and I, I told you the last time we talked, I'll take the AFC, and it can be any team you want, I will take them against Kyle Shanahan. And I have <laughs> no fear. All right. Uh, like I, I, I'm, I'm here to throw shade at Kyle Shanahan as well, especially since I think he was probably uh, more culpable in the loss than Dan Campbell was when Detroit lost to them. Um, Brendan, I would agree with that in fairness, and I would also say I want Kyle Shanahan to stay around a long time. Sports betting just became legal in the state of North Carolina. <laughs> I've done it illegally, and now I would really like to be able to gloat about it to the masses. <laughs> uh, Brendan, um, Steve Wilkes with the same team that Matt Rule had in very similar uh, team to Frank Reich, won more games than the two of them combined in the last uh, two calendar years, uh, yet he's uh, he's out of work. Uh, does he just have, uh, like, fireable face? What is it? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? 
Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone can do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. We mentioned, you know, obviously working for defense for San Francisco, they were third in terms of points allowed yep. uh, this regular season and eighth in terms of yards. So I don't know who you're going to get in that's going to be better than that in one year. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, because he only got one year in Arizona. Yep. He got an interim year in, Cal- in Carolina, and now he gets the same with San Francisco. And he's done a good job at these places he's been. Like, you're not getting – you're not getting these head – the head coaching job at Arizona at that point wasn't great, right? You're not going to get a great job if you're a head coach more than likely because they're, they're looking to make a change. In the interim, you already mentioned he was miles better than Matt Rule who got a much longer leash um, than, than Will yes. did. And it was pretty evident that Tepper had no interest in hiring him even when he announced that he would be the interim head coach. Um, look, I, it's, it's hard for me – to just ignore the fact that the NFL was recently sued for discrimination practices as it pertains to head coaches. And like, he was part of that lawsuit. That. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other part, too. Yeah. Um, I, I had gave so much credit to those guys that wanted to sign their names to that lawsuit because I felt that they were essentially um, submarining a large part of their career because, you know, NFL owners kind of strike me as a little vindictive. Shout out to Tepper throwing that drink on that – uh, uh, like they, they just don't come off as like really kind of level-headed about this sort of stuff. And and it's, I look at the results that he had this year, and I look at what Shanahan didn't do in the Super Bowl. I'm like, hey, hey, man, hey, let's, there has to be some, some level of accountability here from your head coach. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't understand that, not, not even a little bit. Uh, and it, as the, the Cliff Kingsbury thing strikes me as kind of Deshaun McVay kind of tree, like, if you knew Sean McVay at any time, right. you could get a job. And so you look at Patrick Mahomes and well, the Baker. Like he had, a, he had a few really good college uh, coaches, which obviously was a while ago now. But a lot of really good college coaches. I mean, college quarterbacks that he coached. And so he got a lot of credit for them being really good, as opposed to them just being uh, him being a good recruiter, which is not super helpful in the NFL. Uh, I guess he'll get another crack at it because. He's just the guy that they, you know, he's a younger guy, and people like the idea of a young offensive head coach. You know what I mean? Like, for whatever reason, there's an idea about older head coaches not being able to learn and change. Because I look at the enemy, I'm like, well, he's had this this level of success that Clifford, uh, Cliff, uh, King Kittles, ah, was supposed to have. Right. But he he hasn't – he didn't get a for, – from no, he, what I know – he wasn't even getting interviewed nope. seriously for any of these jobs. No, yeah, so the enemy didn't get interviewed like, at all. Yeah, yeah. He's like, apparently mean. That, he apparently yells at people. Yeah, <laughs> it's never happened before Washington in coaching. Players complain, complain that he was mean. Was yeah. I was like, man, that's a classic, classic Washington football team, right? And, here. and uh, Ron Rivera threw him under the bus by saying, "Yeah, it might be, uh, might be too complicated for our players." He was either uh, slamming the enemy or slamming his players for being too dumb. I really don't know which one, uh, <laughs> what he was doing. They did a little both, which obviously worked out well. For I, I'm really surprised that neither of you said the right answer, which is Cliff Kingsbury's handsome. 
and that's that. It's there, as far as it goes. There's something to be said for that. I, I, I was sitting here thinking, you know, the thing I forgot to say is that he is attached to Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams has kind of let it be known behind the scenes that, I mean, from the ownership, wanting ownership, I don't believe any of those things, but I also don't believe they're just coming from thin air. And I think he kind of wants to play in Washington. That's yeah, where he's from. He's from. Chicago yeah. has a history of just destroying quarterbacks, kind of like the Jets and Cleveland and a few others. I don't think that's absolutely nothing. And Steve Wilkes got hosed in all three of those jobs. I, I didn't say that, but I want to make sure yeah. that I do because he did get hosed in all three of those jobs. He did. Maybe, maybe great at his job. Uh, I mean, San Francisco had great defensive personnel, so Steve Wilkes essentially just kept it going uh, uh, for the for the most part. Um, so, Brendan, what did you make? And I this might have to be our last thing, so I didn't get to nearly as many things I wanted to. Uh, what do you make of Golden State contacting the Lakers about trading for LeBron James? At the trade deadline, basically a week and a half ago, or whatever it was, uh, what do you make of that? Nothing. Like <laughs> honestly, like <laughs> I, I can't say I kept nothing. Reading that, and I was like, no, just no. Like I just, I don't think that that's something that happens midseason, right? If that's something that happens, we know how LeBron likes to work. That's going to happen in the off season. Like that's a conversation that you have then. Uh, given the the level of power that he has displayed in the previously, even given his relationship to ownership in in with the Lakers, like he and Bus seem to have a really really good relationship, and so it's it's just hard for me to believe. Yeah, you're going to trade LeBron for, and that's the other thing. The Warriors don't really have the kind of roster construction where the Lakers would still be able to be competitive, right? Unless the Lakers were just deciding, you know what, we're done. We're, we're just right. not going to, going to compete anymore. Who on that team who's going to get traded is going to move the needle for the Lakers in a positive way? Yeah, you can do future assets and stuff like that, but if you're, I, don't, I just don't get the feeling that they're in full rebuild mode when you still have Anthony Davis. Like that just, I just, I, it felt like a whole bunch of nothing. I could be completely wrong. It, it could have been like one of those last second, you know, Cuban Missile Crisis. It, it, it was, you know, a few hours away from happening. It just doesn't strike me as the way that. LeBron has previously moved, and it just doesn't strike me as how that would be helpful for the Lakers at all. I've, I just want to note for the record that I did not expect Cuban Missile Crisis to be uh, utilized today uh, on the program. Jeremy, is there a theory? Uh, because it, you could you could spin this as that LeBron is letting it known that if this ended in L.A., he would be okay with it. Uh, I would love to. I would love to say something different than he did, but the I was going to use a comparison as well, which is I asked out the head cheerleader when I was a senior in high school. The fact he said <laughs> no was neither surprising uh, or unexpected, and that's kind of how I felt about this. Of it was a hail mary from a Golden State team that I feel like is the, the the it's getting late quick, things aren't going well in L.A. and they made a call. A lot of people make a call doesn't necessarily mean you expect anything to come from it, and you're pleasantly ex- surprised if it does. I don't think L.A.'s his final destination. I never really have, because it seems like L.A. has been just hemorrhaging the future to make the present work for so long that eventually that's going to catch up to you. And I look at how they're built now, and I cannot imagine the final – think of its final Kobe game. Can you imagine a final game with LeBron James that looks that way with no. this roster? And I keep thinking that. of I get AD, 
But then where do you go from there? you got D'Angelo Russell that couldn't defend me. I think even with a bulky knee, I could still score 20 on D'Angelo Russell. He scored 70 on me, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> I just can't fathom this being the end. And I feel like there's another move, and this was maybe this leaked because Rich Paul wanted it to be known or Draymond wanted it to be known or whoever wanted it to be known. And it kind of opens the door to other teams going, well, maybe we'll make the call in, in July. And that won't be this won't be the final destination for him. Well, I, man, I think I think L.A. is home now, though. So uh, I who who knows? Uh, hey, maybe he wants to go play with the Clippers. It seems like every star ends up there. I, uh, I don't know how the salary cap must just not apply to them. <laughs> All right, uh, we have to say goodbye to both Jeremy Green at ESPN Draft Nerd, ESPN Asheville. Uh, all the way up on the mountains uh, there. I appreciate your time, sir. And Brendan Wooded at HU Cosell on Twitter, Bison Express, and uh, and all other uh, places that he. Just follow him on Twitter at HU Cosell. Uh, gentlemen, it was fun. I appreciate it. We'll do it again very soon. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Um, we got to take a break. Uh, I wish I had more, uh, uh, more time to a- ask another question, but we didn't. We didn't have any more. I know times. it's always good times. I was going to ask him uh, what they thought of my Daytona bets. Oh man, yeah, Jeremy would have had some great responses. And Jeremy does not strike me as a, uh, a a NASCAR watcher. No, but the comebacks would be great. Yeah, he'd probably have the same picks as you for the same he reasons. He might. He, would he also <laughs> have called him Michael Bowman as opposed to Alex <laughs> Alex Bowman? Right. I don't know.